Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hey guys, I'm alive. I made it through my plane ride and I didn't have a panic attack. Now, if you're a brand new listener and you want to know what's up and what I'm talking about, it's a really long story and you should probably head back to episode one to listen from the beginning. I promise you'll enjoy it. But if not, the long and short of it is my name is Molly Hockey. I'm an actor, writer, comedian. I want a baby, but my lack of a man and my age are making my prospects for traditional motherhood very slim. So I'm trying to change my life so I can make it all happen on my own. Also, I'm being very open about how everything is going in my life. So like... Be nice. Okay, now back to the present. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Started Lexapro last Tuesday, and it's supposed to start kicking in in two to four weeks, but I felt the placebo effect immediately. Honestly, knowing that I was going to start feeling like myself again soon was all I needed. And, you know, I'm, I'm not panic-free yet, but I'm feeling so much better. My only hurdle? Flying back to L.A. alone without my mommy. But I'll be okay. Now, on to this week's episode. Well, it is a real doozy, you guys. Oh my gosh. You're about to hear three completely different interviews with three very different men. These are fellas that reached out to me after reading the Washington Post article. So just listen and enjoy or cringe or whatever you feel. You just go through those emotions and tell me about it later. In fact, do you know that you can have discussions on my Patreon page? Yeah, just subscribe for free. And if you want to talk to other Spermcast listeners and share your thoughts on any of this weird shit, <laughs> just start a conversation. Make a post on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Spermcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts, truly. Okay, first up, we have Stephen Fletcher. I received a lovely email from him. The subject line read, Possibly the most random email I've ever written. Hi, Molly. I suppose we should get down to it. Spermcast and the journey you are sharing is immensely compelling, courageous, and hilarious. And I am interested, should I fit the bill, at being a possible donor. You guys ready for Stephen? Turns out he lives in Los Angeles and has a cool dog, so I uh, I met him in Griffith Park at Trails Cafe. Hi. Hi. What's your name? <laughs> Hi, my name's Stephen Fletcher. Or Fletch, as most people call me. Layla, can I get a sound check? Layla, speak. Aww. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you, you've been listening. How'd you find the podcast? Uh, it was the Washbow article. Oh, cool. Um, and I read it and immediately listened to the trailer. It made me laugh out loud. Just started listening. So I binged it. I guess starting maybe Saturday. Or... You're caught up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. No, I, I caught up. I started in. I'm flattered. Um, it's, a, it's it's a really interesting. What you're doing is extremely interesting. It's very it's very compelling, 
and listening listening to you go through it, uh, what latched me in more than anything else. Uh, I mean, I got connected personally when you talked about Benny, and I couldn't help but then feel a connection. Sort of at the, at the beginning, uh, in ways, sort of the thesis that I was getting is that you just you have this feeling of something that you want, mm-hmm. and I share that feeling. Uh, yeah. I have that feeling as well, and it's. It's, it's difficult to express and it's difficult to bring up in a conversation with friends. Uh, so, of course, now we're speaking completely randomly to one another. <laughs> now we're new friends. As that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, legitimately, I didn't know who you were until a week ago. And now we're sitting outside of trails and having a conversation about procreation. Potentially, potentially donating sperm? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Now, what would make you a good... I'm, I'm in public. I don't like saying this stuff out loud. Yeah, what would make you a good there's, sperm donor? There's, there's children There's around. children and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, you want me to pitch myself, I suppose. I'm, getting, I'm asking uh, for a hard pitch. A hard pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have to pitch myself, too. I've never actually pitched myself. Well, why would you deserve my potential <laughs> uh, seed? Um, I was first. You first. Okay, fair there. Um, well, um, pure genetics. Yeah, he's got genealogy records for his family going back over a thousand years, but most of the people in his family die in their 80s, and he had a great-grandmother that passed away at over a hundred years old. Yeah, so in terms of, like, family and health and that sort of thing, I know, like, some of your concerns are mm-hmm. uh, addiction issues, mm-hmm. which my family doesn't have, and mm-hmm. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, Good, great. Six foot, 200 pounds. Uh-huh. Generally athletic. Color your eyes? Uh, what are they right now? I think green. Yeah, they... Hard to tell though. Light oh, green. Between blue and green. What, are, what color are my eyes? Uh, like don't hazel. look at all the red veins. <laughs> Little uh, hazel? Is that hazel? I don't I'm know. really bad at this game. I don't know. My eyes have been really dry lately. And... Yeah. Okay, good. Teeth? How are your teeth? Got I don't them all. mean looks, I just mean like <laughs> health. health. Like, uh, your teeth look great, by the way. Thanks, sir. But uh, I have a lot of cavities. Always have, since yep. I was a kid. How about you? I had a ton of cavities when I got all my adult teeth and all my molars, mm-hmm. and the last one was when I was 19. And since it's been 20 years since I've had a Yeah, I've had a cav... Oh, my God. No. I think a lot of it's genetics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are okay. your parents' teeth? Terrible. How's Okay, I looked it up, and they say you can't really look to one gene for tooth health, that it's more of a gene environment. 60% of tooth health can be related to genetics, but a big factor is whether or not you had fluoride in your water growing up. And guess what? I grew up on a farm, and we had well water, so we did not have fluoride growing up. So I do take care of my teeth. They're just screwed up. Uh, <gasps> uh, generally pretty good. I... Uh... I have a little bit of hearing loss, but that's from injury. I was a diver in college, and oh, I blew my eardrum. Boy, oh, boy. Um, and it Athletic. Just, yeah. Tell me about your athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, a moderate athlete. Uh, while I could say I was a college athlete, I was not of any high regard. What sports did you play? Uh, my primary sports were football, uh, swimming, diving, and track and baseball. Those were my, those were my main ones. And then I was a dancer. Uh, oh, started, yeah. I started I dancing when that. I was about 14. What kind of dance? Ballet. Wow. So I did, I did ballet, and had I started maybe a year or two earlier, that probably would have been my profession mm. um, going in. But it also destroyed some parts of my body. So my knees went out uh, in my college years, both oh. went out one time or another. Uh, and did you say you went to Carnegie Mellon? I did. Yeah. In I Pittsburgh? Went, in Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. It's a good town. Did you say you were married? I was. I uh, got married in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, split up right after I finished law school. Uh, 
that was almost uh, law school. Where did that come in? Yeah, that's that uh, that happens sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometime in my mid twenties, the the performance bug just started to disappear, mm. and I really liked the business side mm-hmm. uh, more. Went to Cardozo in New York and uh, studied there, and came out in the worst recession in you oh, know, nice. thirty years. Yeah. What do you do now? Uh, I'm primarily a lawyer. Okay. Uh, yeah. What kind of law? Uh, the, most of my practice ends up being in the corporate world. I work for a firm where I do a lot of corporate litigation. It's extraordinarily boring stuff. Do you enjoy it, though? No. Uh-oh. No, I don't. What are you going to do about that? Well, that's one of the things. Is that what normal people do? They just have jobs that they don't like? I guess. As you know, I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... It, it's then we went on to talk about more creative endeavors, and then we got on to the topic of arthritis, and then... I discovered he played the piano. More, there's more artistic stuff. Okay, <laughs> piano, and you can sing, right? Didn't you say you can sing? I did go to college for it, yeah. I can't make you sing here. We're no, not we're not going to sing. I can't. I can't. I was a kid singer. That's what I did when I was young. Uh, Where, in Philly or on uh, New York and Philly. Uh, when we moved to Pennsylvania, I had... A decision to make when I was 10. Um, I auditioned for the Philadelphia Boys Choir, and oh. I also made it on the traveling soccer team, and the choice was one or the other, and I chose the choir. Wow, cool. Yeah. Didn't make me the uh, most popular kid, that's for sure. Right. But, uh, you know, I got to sing for presidents and dignitaries and travel oh when I was young, so that was uh, definitely worth it. Oh, I'm going to trust your resume. Okay, so, so you reached out to me. Right. As a partial, maybe, solution to something for yourself. Not something you want to do for me. You don't know me. So what is right. it about this that is good for you? That's a great question. Thank um, you. I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll be bluntly honest about it. It's, I mean, the, the reaction that I've had to listening to your story uh, has affected me. Uh, it's affected me in a way that's allowed me to open up and talk with people I'm close to about things I want and kind of make decisions, something that I've been hesitant to do in the last few months. Um, I think some of it's just uh, could be partially the nature of our ages, like Mm -hmm. definitely I'm more compelled than I used to be in terms of... Are you 39? Yeah, 38, 39 next month. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling that, feeling, feeling the urge to caretake, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I volunteer at a uh, preschool across from where I live mm-hmm. that I have for a couple of years, where it's usually just me taking Layla to play with the kids, but mm-hmm. so I, I have a lot of friends who are parents, and I, mm-hmm. I see sort of what's happening, and I find myself pulled towards it, which mm-hmm. uh, I can't say that that would have been true a few years ago. Mm-hmm. The truth is, uh, you know, there's this sense of missing something. There's There's something that's not there mm-hmm. and I don't know that I had a way to articulate that and listening to you go through your process has opened up new ideas new thoughts and, and kind of a new perspective I don't really know but um, I don't know what I want well do you imagine yourself married with children sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes when I was younger I just always thought of it as an inevitability right right me too and I think when I got married which you know, some of these things I always just assumed would happen. I'd assume I'd be married. I'd assume that there'd be a few kids. Uh, and now here I am, not too far from 40, going, oh, huh. And I think uh, a part of this whole 
impetus is, you know, I, I have failed at every relationship pretty heavily at some point. Do you think you're going to fail in the future? Um, I don't know. I don't know, because I also... Is this an insurance policy? <laughs> uh, maybe. You know, my perspectives have changed over the years. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I would have said, nah, I don't want kids. There's too many kids out there. There are so many kids out there. You're having an experience, and you're, you're willing to expose and have it so that others, like myself, can listen in, and it's thought-provoking. It's caused conversation. I've had conversations with friends in the last week or so. Uh, I think what you're doing is pretty great. Uh, you know, and thanks. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I admire I admire your willingness to put yourself out there, and I think that's something that then causes better conversation. And until we have conversations, until we are willing to open those things up, you know, what is it really about? You know, what are we really saying? Um, but you also are really going through it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, in that. I wish I was better versed in the psychological terms, but in that great Venn diagram of major mm. traumatic things that can happen, yeah, you've lost Benny. Yeah, uh, your home life is suddenly disrupted. Right. Your Still income is disrupted. That. Yes. And you're going through this process of yeah. making a lifetime decision yeah. and choice. Yes. Which will change everything too. So suddenly everything's in the air. Yeah. And I can't imagine how that, how destabilizing that must feel. Right. Which I think is why when you mentioned you had your panic attack, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, it really does. I don't think, to me though, it's, I think of that just when I had said before, I think we're, we don't have the stigma in our generation about mental health the way that people did before. It's like, I believe mental health is much like physical health. Sometimes you just get injured. Yeah. And tra trauma creates an injury. And sometimes, you know, what's an injury? Sometimes you can tape it up yourself and just let it heal over time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need someone to, to Physical fix it. Physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's just a matter of what it is. Yes. And does it heal with time or does it, need, does it need physical therapy? Does it need treatment? Yeah. But. Well. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other questions for me? I didn't really sell myself, but. No. I mean, the truth is I could probably talk to you a ton. Yeah, we could I talk mean, for a, a we long could. time. Yeah. And I felt that when I was first listening to you and listening to you talk to your friends, your humor's same as mine, <laughs> uh, or similar enough. Uh, and you know, I you you strike me as as a very thoughtful, deeply emotional person. Mm. And uh, like I said, I I really do admire what you're doing. I think Thank you. I think it's very courageous, and I think your whatever choices that you end up making, you're you're giving it its due, and you're allowing people like me to join you on that journey to some degree, but it really is provoking thoughts and emotions and causing conversation outside of what uh, you're doing here. I'm glad that I decided to email you, Yay. the randomness of <laughs> that, and I realize how creepy some of this must sound. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think it's very um, courageous of anybody to do that. Um, there's not a lot of conversations about people our age in our circumstances. There's a lot of us. I think previous generations didn't have to go through this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Thank you so much. Hey, it's my pleasure, really. Uh, so in, on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> I'm 10, you're, you're, you're good. You're good on that. <laughs> I'm gonna stop this. Yeah, yeah. Say goodbye. Bye.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And that was Stephen Fletcher, you guys. What do you think? Go to my Patreon account and subscribe and start a conversation about it. I want to know your opinions. Moving on, I got another email from somebody named Kyle Gordy. Here's what he had to say. Hello. I'm interested in possibly being on your Spermcast show or becoming a sperm donor. I am currently a private sperm donor and have 18 children. I am 27, single, white. I have a BS in accounting, do not smoke, drink, or use drugs, and I eat an organic, sperm-friendly diet. Would this be something you may want to consider? A couple days later, I Skyped with Kyle. Here's how he answered the call. And, and of course, I'm naked right now because it's pretty, it's kind of hot. So I oh, use great. The- Tell, so tell me more about what you do. Oh, well, uh, I think it's pretty simple. I'm just, uh, you know, a sperm donor, private sperm donor. I don't go to the sperm bank, although I am applying to California Cryo. And then once I get rejected, I know I'm going to get rejected. From what I heard from other guys, you need to lie. You, you have to lie. They won't take you. I'm what kind of lies lie. are we talking? Uh, I think the reason why you're doing it, like, obviously, if you think, like, oh, I'm doing this for the money, I was going to say, like, oh, I want to procreate with you. I find it fascinating to donate sperm, even though the real reason I would do it is because I want to have more kids. So, yeah. That really is. Like that's that. good. Uh, that's interesting to hear that that is really what you want. Yeah, that, I'm serious. When I was watching one of your sperm casts, you said you have a, a biological urge. That's exactly what it is to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's how I feel. It's a biological urge. It's just I have it on a higher scale, and it's like I feel like I need to do it more. Yeah. So. And so are you doing it when you do it privately? Is there is there money involved or what? No, but I have had people pay me. They just said, here, I feel so good you're doing this. You're saving me money. Here's some money. So I had one couple. Are you recording it, right? Yeah. Are we getting, okay, is that okay. okay? Getting, no, no, of course. Yeah, that's Sorry, I thought, you, I thought you knew. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want you to record me. Okay, I want cool. you to record me. I didn't even say who I was. I was like, didn't you want me to say who I was? Yeah, who are you? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so you didn't ask my name or anything, you just, okay, so pretty much. I'm not good at this, I never yeah. said I was yeah, a good Yeah, I was thinking, host. like, I'd watch your other interviews, that's what I'm thinking, like, are we at the interview yet? Because I'm thinking, like, wouldn't she start with my name? But I'm like, okay, I guess she is recording, so yeah, just to start from, <laughs> yeah, okay, so pretty much my name's Kyle Gordy, uh, that's obviously not my real name, the Gordy is not my real name. I use a fake name to protect myself from potential child support, um, even though there is laws in California that can protect me from this. They actually just started two years ago, um, but that's my sperm donor name, Kyle Gordy. That's what everyone calls me, and uh, I've been a sperm donor now for a private sperm donor, which means I don't use a sperm bank. I do it privately through, you know, natural and artificial insemination. Natural insemination is sex. Artificial insemination is just jerking off in a cup and give it to them. And so, uh, I've been doing it now pause, for pause. Oh, oh, natural, pause. huh? Natural insemination too. Yeah. Well, it depends what they want. You know what I mean? Some people want to do there it. Are couples that, that want that? Yeah. I've had couples that did it. A straight couple that wanted it. Uh, natural insemination. I had lesbian couples that want it. I mean, I don't want to go into the science behind it, but people feel like doing it naturally, you have a higher chance of getting pregnant. That's pretty much the logic behind it. Because, you know, you're when you you know jerk off in a cup, you're exposing to air, you're exposing to light. So you have all these factors, and so that's what people pretty much believe. They feel like you do it naturally, you're more likely to get pregnant. And some of them don't really care. Like they're like, "Oh, I'm attracted to you. Why not?" Like it's kind of like, "Why not?" I don't really. It doesn't bother me. That's kind of what it is to them. So I've donated like I think like five people this month already. What? So okay. So how many 
offspring do you have right now? I think I have 15 because one of the moms was supposed to give birth like at the end of June. She hasn't told me yet, but I'm fairly confident the kid was already born. Uh -huh. So 15 and then three on the way. I'm actually going to have another kid born in a couple days. So, wow. so, um, yeah, and but, um, how did this start? You know, that show Teen Mom, right? What? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Teen Mom. Okay. That's literally where I saw him, like, because I saw these teen, teenage girls getting pregnant, and that's where I got turned on to the idea of getting people pregnant. I didn't really think of being, like, a sperm donor then. I'm just like, oh, that'd be cool to get people pregnant. So then when I was, like, maybe 22, I started, and I donated to a girl in a cup, and she got pregnant the first time. How did and she then ask you? We kind of just were talking, like, that she wants to get pregnant and um we kind of just met up and then i donated in a cup she went to her car and she put it in her car and then she got pregnant and that was it and then she came back i think two two or three days in a row and then we have another kid so we have two kids with her now because she wanted another daughter and she got pregnant again the first time by me it's actually interesting because with her we actually her friend hit me up and wanted to get pregnant by me too pretty much how i started donating and from there it's just History just, you know, donating whenever, whenever someone wanted to get in. I started getting more people, more people, getting more popular. And then you know, I donate to whoever pretty much wants to get pregnant. Um, and it's, but you're not doing it for any money? No, but I have been paid before. Like I said, someone paid me 260 to jerk off in a cup. Um, right. So people sometimes will just offer me money or like I've had them buy me dinner. Like I had a couple take me to Sizzles, Sizzles like twice. Uh -huh. actually, you know, because I was actually on TV before. I don't know if you googled me i didn't oh because i was actually on tv and uh i was oh, on what? 2020 i was on 2020 and the doctors like four years ago oh, that's um, funny. okay y'all here's kyle on the doctors on cbs a lot of people out there obviously want a baby but there's a controversial option that some women are using to get pregnant you're not gonna believe it my name is Kyle and I'm a college student and I'm a natural sperm donor. Natural sperm donor pretty much means that you have sexual intercourse with someone to get them pregnant. They usually come to me because they don't want to go to a sperm bank and spend thousands of dollars to get pregnant when I'll offer my services for free. Recipients can find me on Facebook or they can find me on KDR. KDR is the known donor registry. KDR, the known donor registry, what is going on? This is opening up a whole world that I don't have time to get into right now. I'm on the East Coast and I want to hang out with my parents. Okay, I'm looking it up on the internet. It was created in 2010 by a woman named Beth Gardner. And basically, it's a platform where people can donate sperm, eggs, and embryos. And, um... What else? Okay, uh, their their goal is to create an open, active community resource for people who have or want to have children through private sperm, egg, and embryo donation and promote healthy and safe practices while doing so. They educate donors and recipients. Um, da, 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 da. They encourage artificial insemination but discourage natural insemination, i.e. sex, y'all. Uh, they advocate for the rights of donor-conceived children, advocate for the rights of freedom of conception and legislation that recognizes private gamete donation. They strongly discourage permanently anonymous donation and parental secrecy, and their main thing is to keep it all free. So, interesting. I'll look into it more when I get back to L.A. So, we have, through all of this stuff, have you done any genetic testing to... <sighs> genetic testing? Everyone always asks me that, but no, I actually have not yet. Wow. Um, I 
gonna do it in the future, probably. I just haven't. I just haven't. Uh, yeah. So why? So why are these people just trusting you to be a, a good donor? Okay. So pretty much, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't use drugs. You know, the reasoning for that. You know, with me, it's like I'm taking care of myself. I'm eating happy, healthy. I'm taking all these pills. I'm avoiding all that negative factors that can affect your sperm. And so that trait right there, I think, really helps you stand out above just some random guy in the street. You know what I mean? Like, I actually this had a girl, one of my kids, uh, the one in Vegas. The mom actually did that exact thing. She went to bars three separate times and had sex with three different guys to try to get pregnant during her ovulation. And none of them got her pregnant. And then when she went to me, she drove from Vegas. We did it one time and she got pregnant. And now we have a kid. So, obviously, their sperm probably wasn't all that great. Who knows? Maybe they were smoking weed. Maybe they were using drugs. I don't know. But yeah. they didn't get her pregnant, and I did. And she was 37, and we took one time. Well, let's see what the doctors have to say about stuff like this. Do they ask you to get STD checks during this? I have had that done before, and I had the recipient pay for STD test and came back and showed them, and everything was fine. Did you ask her to show you hers? Sometimes I do. Oh, that's, um... That's, uh, how do we say it in medicine? Ill-advised. Yeah. I mean, that is, a, yeah. you, you do understand medically, it is only a matter of time until you get a sexually transmitted infection. So women choose you for whatever reasons they choose you. Do you have anything that uh, you look for in women that you're donating to? Donate like, to would some. you say no to anybody? Would you? Yes. There's been a couple, actually, I've turned down. So I'm not going to get a girl pregnant that's, like, you know, on welfare, of course, because then what happens is, is, like, the government's going to ask who the dad is, and then they're going to go after the dad. It just, you know, I just need to be careful and get the, pick the right girl that's not going to be crazy and, uh, Go after child support for me. How well do you get to know these people before you say, all right, I'll do it? Varying levels. Some girls want to know me, like, super well. They want to talk. They want to do this. They want to do that. And they want to see STD results, which actually I do have. So they like seeing that. Um, some of them I barely know. Uh, let, me, let me put an example. Like, the girl from Vegas, when she came over, because she saw me on the doctors, we literally talked maybe 20 minutes. That's why I think it was. And then we went home and we uh, consummated. <laughs> had, had sexual intercourse to get pregnant. That's insemination. So that's pretty much what happened. And she told me two weeks later she's pregnant and now we have a kid. Um, I was surprised. I was shocked. She actually Did got you do pregnant. it with no like, contract first? Uh, no, no. She, she had a house and she was like really How well often off. do you do a contract? I've only done it twice. Really? I'm not really too worried if, it, if it's a couple. Like... I'm yeah, not but don't, but don't people tell you you're crazy all the time that you don't have contracts? I mean, I'm not somebody that is, I don't, contracts aren't the first thing that come to mind in my brain because I'm such a trusting person. But I know that when I do my thing, I'm definitely going to have to do a contract to make sure that there's no gray area down the road. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, as long as you can prove that there was intent to, for the other partner to take over you know, be liable for the kid, it uh -huh. holds up in court. So okay. they actually said this. They even said retroactive contract work. Like, pretty much if it was a long time ago and you guys agreed and now they want to come after child support, if there's some kind of proof like a text or something like that, it would hold up in court for you not being liable. Do okay. you want to have kids of your own one day? Uh, nah. I've never even really had a girlfriend. I'm kind of like not, not that kind of guy. So, But uh, having my own kids, nah.
Because then if I have my own kids, I have to work more. I, you know, right now I have a good thing going. And oh, I love that. I love your honesty. I love that you're just like, no, I'm just, I just want to spread my seed. Yeah, I just want to make babies. Um, I used to tell people, like, listen, I just want to help you get pregnant. But then I realized after time, I felt like it was kind of deceptive, like, telling people that because, you know, because I'm actually getting a kid out of this. I'm not, like, getting paid for this. What's the reason I'm doing this is because I want to have more kids. I mean, you know, that's pretty much the reason. And I'm trying to be honest about it. And, you know, obviously, but, I was going to so, – so I guess, in, like, natural insemination isn't on the table. No, no, not for the podcast. <laughs> Not for the podcast. Not for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, no, you know, no. You want to keep I mean, if I end up with a man that I'm, you know. Dating. Yeah, like, but I think yeah. that would add a layer of uh, complication. I actually have, like, tricks of the trade for that. If you're going to, you know, for the syringe and everything. I actually don't use a syringe anymore for artificial insemination. Is that how you're no. thinking, like, turkey baster? Yeah. I used to do that. But it's not as effective now as the other way I do it because... How, how do you do it? You ever heard of soft, instead, soft cups? No. They're like for your period. They're like a little cup. Oh, I actually have some here. Oh, yeah. I might have heard of this. And uh, like these little cups you have. And uh, what I do now is, because I think it's more effective than a syringe, I jerk off in the cup. And then I give it to them, and then they put it inside them, and then they orgasm. But then we use, like, Creasy, too. It's like this lube. Uh-huh. So the lube makes it lubricated, and then they... Guys, I really wish you could see my face right now. And I wish I could see your face. Um, it makes it easier for the sperm to swim. I have all this stuff on my website. I actually have a website. I explain everything. Oh, what's your me. website called? Uh, BePregnantNow.com. BePregnantNow.com. Cool. And um, pretty much I created breedpregnantnow.com because, you know, people always ask me, how do you get pregnant? What do you take? What are the methods? And I just give, you know, what should females take? Because I, cause I've been taking, you know, I take certain pills. I take like eight or nine pills a day. Um, so pretty much I have some tips to, for what pills guys can take, what herbs they can take, uh, what types of foods I eat, like certain nuts I eat. And for the females, I have certain herbs and certain pills that they should take to help them that make it more fertile. Mm-hmm. And people will say it doesn't, but let me tell you, some of the stuff, you know, go to my website and I'll show you, you know, what herbs to take, what uh, items you can use, how to track it, and, and same with a girl, like, you know, the wife or whatever can use it and see what, you know, supplements, herbs you can take and what, what stuff you can use to get pregnant. And I, I pretty much detail all that. So instead of spending money at a sperm bank or at a doctor to tell you what to take to be more pregnant you just go there and you know you get pregnant for free yeah so do people do you want to know where people can find me if they're in need of like me my my services yes uh, where can people stuff? find you well, well okay so people can find me uh pretty much on facebook uh my name is kyle gordy on there you can also google me or whatever but uh and if anyone needs to get pregnant or ask any questions i'm more than happy to answer anyone what how many what is your upper limit this is this is what people always ask me. This is a big question. So pretty much my upper limit. I don't necessarily have an upper limit, but if I was to say, I'd say my goal is 100. Wow. That's reasonable. I have to go to an engagement party in a minute, so I have to get going. No, but, perfect. Um, I, think, I think we covered everything. I think um, we I did too. Thank episode. you so much. No problem. All right. Have, well, a, great, have a great afternoon. You too. Have okay. a good night. Right. And that was Kyle Gordy. I'm super interested in what you guys are thinking so far, so head on over to Patreon and start that conversation or join one. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The next email I got was from a fella named Adam Hooper. Adam is a married father of two who lives in Perth, Australia. In 2015, he created a Facebook group called Sperm Donation Australia to lift the standards in online sperm donation. You see, and I had no idea about this, as well as the KDR thing, that there are a ton of Facebook groups and quote-unquote introduction websites hooking up sperm donors with recipients. It's for dudes who just want to donate out of the kindness of their hearts, or for other reasons. There's vivasperm.com, pollentree.com, coparents.com, Sperm Donors UK on Facebook has 26,000 members. But Adam says that a lot of these online groups or web pages are not monitored and screened. He wanted to attract good men to donate and to create a safe environment for women to explore this option as a path to having a baby. He says, A group is only run by... Oh, wait, he has an Australian accent. Um, okay, uh, I can't do an Australian accent. Um, he says, A group is only run <laughs> to the standards and values that an admin team have. And Adam seems to have some high standards. He says... This type of donation offers more choice, more realism, more sense of knowing who you're helping or receiving help from. Donors doing it for altruistic reasons and not driven by money. Oh, man. Wow. Sorry about that, Australia. Anyway, let's hear from Adam. I Skyped with him from my parents' attic in New York. Oh, and sometimes the reception is not so good, so sorry. Go do it, you know. And yeah, I did it, and now it's consumed my life for the last three or four years, but it's been worth it, because I mean, there's been hundreds of babies born through my group, Sperm Donation Australia. Yeah, so we've got about 3,200 um, members in Australia that I don't, I don't let anyone else come in. I've just started Sperm Donation USA because I plan on bringing the same concept in there, because there's a lot of groups that they're not run particularly well, so it doesn't really attract the, the right people in or people don't really want to be involved. So um, I'm sort of talking to some USA donors now with the same motives and stuff like that to get so that going. So, so what is the concept and what is the motivation? Um, for me, it's all about, um, you know, putting out a service there. I wanted to do like some charity work, but this is like a charity in a unique, different way that hasn't been done before. Uh-huh. That's why I got involved with it. Since then, we've built up like the... People that were attracted to uh, donating are like police officers, lawyers, doctors, um, a scientist. So, so these are the caliber people now that are wanting to um, jump on board and be a part of this community. So it's really cool. Like, Do you guys not have regular sperm banks in Australia? We do, but... Um, okay, so the difference between Australia and America is we don't get paid to donate. Uh-huh. Reading all the studies I've, I've read, 80% of men in America who donate for a clinic do it for the money. Right. <laughs> Over here, it's completely altruistic. So, they, you know, um, but I think it's better because 
you know, once over here we've got we've abolished anonymity now. So um, when they turn 18, they have the right to contact you anyway. And but you know, with genetic testing now, like 23andMe and all that stuff, there's all these family trees where people can track each other down, sort of thing by now. And I think it'd be really sad if um, you know the child turned 18 and found the donor and he said, "Oh, piss off! I only did it for money." So yeah. Um, so I think this way is better. And the community. I've developed now is in Australia is people are preferring to donate this way because they get to speak to people um, like yourself. Right. So a lot of guys are going away and they feel comfortable with who they've who they've helped. So I get like birthday updates, pictures and stuff like that, and I'm like, geez, these kids are more sport than mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I you know you can you can feel good by. You know, doing it in a clinic, you don't know what they're going to grow up to be or, you know, there's a lot of, you know, unclearness about it and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think this way is sort of the way of the future. So, yeah, it's a totally different environment, but I think there's, I think people would want that level of connection of knowing the stranger rather than finding out 18 turns out to be a total weirdo. This, this way offers another choice for people. So, yeah, yeah. it's cool. That's really cool. So, I really like it. What What would the process be for a woman and a... A woman to go about getting sperm from somebody from your Facebook group. All right. So what people do is they normally do an introductory post, um, tells them a bit about them, what sports and hobbies and stuff like that they're into, and um, it sort of paints the picture of like a warm environment of like um, you know for a donor donor or a recipient to read and go, oh, I like the sound of that person. Let's have a message and and then they chat, Skype, meet up for a coffee. You know, take, take as long as you want until you feel um, the process of all that sort of stuff. You know, you can go away feeling if that person's right for me or that person's not or, you know, he might have um, some demands saying you might, might want to see the child once a year or, you know, just all different little variations and yeah, stuff. Okay. like. So you, you come to terms with what, what, what you want. And I think it makes it a lot more um, easier when you haven't had a relationship with the actual other adult. So... Um, you know, there's no fighting or tension. There's all this stuff is evolving now, like, um, and it's because of social media and people coming in and having a great experience. So there's like something for everyone through this pathway. Yeah. And so once two people come to an agreement, do you, is there legal stuff that's ready to go for them or do, do they seek out their own lawyers? Okay, yeah, that's it's interesting. I don't know. I think it's sort of similar to because I mean, America's got different bloody rules in each state. I can't even really keep up because it's not my country. I'm like, whoa. In yeah. Australia, it's sort of across the board, similar. Artificial insemination, um, the donor is considered the donor. If it's natural insemination, obviously, it's um, by law, they're technically found to be the father. But I mean, we're finding people, people are that prefer that, and that's mainly single heterosexual women, um, prefer to do that than messing around with a syringe, I guess. Oh, really? And, um, oh, yeah, quite a few of them do. Um, Wait, rather they just not, go natural? Uh, yeah, a few people do. But, I mean, look, I don't encourage it. I don't, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want any legal issues because then that reflects badly on me. But, I mean, so far we've never had a legal issue. I think we offer a better service in the clinics, um, something that they can't. Um, yeah, and and, we, and there's no money involved. Um, so, you know, it's completely altruistic. The people, you know, the people that you come across are, like, fantastic. How does a woman choose a man from your site? 
for my for my group, every person gets screened. Everyone gets like a welcome letter, telling oh, them sort cool. of the guidelines that we that, that we, we we want, and you know the way of um, code of conduct sort of things, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So everyone sort of knows the grounds to begin with. Because I mean, when guys come in and donate, a lot of them don't haven't done it before, so they don't know what to start talking about. You know, like when I first started, I was just like, shit, I didn't even know like what ovulation was or anything like that, and. And now I'm teaching women all about that. Yeah. Is there an actual location? Um, some people prefer to do it at their homes um, and invite the donor over there, or some people pick a hotel or okay. or um, meet, meet at a place that's in between so they can quickly grab it and go back home and do it. Or, you know, so um, ideally they want to inseminate within 20 minutes. Yeah, no, look, so far it's worked out fine. We've had no legal issues. We've had no STDs in the group. We've had um, we've had hundreds of children born in the group. So wow. um, to me, I think it's, you know. How many have you done? How many have you had? For me, it's probably about 10 families I've helped. Gotcha. Um, but I don't particularly count because I don't see the kids as a number. I don't see them as a trophy. You know, I see each child as an individual gift to that specific family. Um, That's lovely. For me, it doesn't matter if I helps you or if someone else helps you, as long as you get a healthy baby. That's, yeah. you know, that's my philosophy. You know, I've had lots of people contact me. I don't advertise to be a donor anymore because I basically administrate it now and train up new donors and, and all that stuff. Um, so I don't advertise services as being a donor anymore. Not to say that someone fantastic might not come along. Um, <laughs> who, like who? What kind of like fantastic person could come along? I don't know. Well, I think all my kids, um, all the kids that I've helped um, create, they're all going to be sports stars. So I could do with a comedian one. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been asked before to go overseas to help people that need egg donation. And because my children were young um, at the time, I sort of declined. But sort of it's an experience that I want to sort of learn so I can advise other donors about going through it, if you know what I mean. So I'm open, up, I'm open to those ideas if someone wants me to travel overseas to a clinic to help them because they can pick an egg donor that they want. Yeah, but we can have a vote. Um, if your listeners want to um, like the sound of the donor that you're speaking to, they should vote. And um, if they want me to fly over to the USA and help you, put $10 into Molly's Patreon account right now. Um, you know. And if you want to vote no, pay $5. Like, so. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, let me get your rundown on, on your on your DNA. Have you got, gotten blood work and you tested your genetics? Adam says that he's open to it, but hasn't yet. He says he advises all of his recipients to get genetic testing, and that if they find anything of concern, then he'll get tested if they supply the test, since he and other donors are doing all of this for free. But so far, it hasn't come up yet for him. You know, I think it would be nothing worse to help somebody and then them to have a child that you help create be really sick or have an illness or or something like that. I just, yeah, um, yeah it's like, because like you're doing it for a reason to help people and then they, I wouldn't say they're a burden because I mean, you love your children regardless, but I mean, they're living with extra needs or, or going through pain and stuff like that, yeah. um, which I don't, wouldn't think is fair, you know, and I feel comfortable with my genes based on that. You know, if, if one was getting sick, I'd probably just go, well, just hold it, halt it, you know, and yeah. That's me finished, like retired sort of thing, fully like, because yeah, that's not why I signed up for this. I signed up for people to have healthy children. So yeah. So, but what about yourself? Have you had your AMH levels tested and your FSH levels tested? Not recently, not since three years ago. So uh, when you froze your eggs? Yeah. So I need to go and have a full fertility test done, everything. Because yeah, I'll be 40 in uh, 
in a month. So I called them and they said it would be 500 bucks. And so I, I thought, oh, I'll just go to the gynecologist. That's right, you guys. I promised you all I would go get my fertility tested. And I went to the gynecologist and she sent me downstairs to the lab to get this cheap version of this fertility test because my lab, my fertility place said it was going to cost 500 something bucks. So anyway, I go downstairs to this lab and the woman wasn't there. So I came back the next day in the morning. The woman wasn't there again. I went back in the afternoon. She was there and she couldn't tell me what it was going to cost. So I said, fuck this. I'll just go and get the whole workup done at the fertility doctor. But I haven't done that yet. So I think that's something that you really need to do, like, so we can sort of go, whoa, like, we're at DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 4 or 5. Like, You're absolutely um, right. I'll do that as soon as I get back home. I will I'll I mean, make my appointment. Before I was a donor, um, I used to drink a lot of Coke Zero. Uh-huh. Now I don't touch the stuff. Um, my alcohol limits, like, avoid it pretty much. Like, so I have a broker in my... Do you have a broker in America? A what? A broker. Baraka, that's some carbonated B vitamin he drinks instead of coffee in the morning. He also drinks smoothies with berries and walnuts for the antioxidants. He takes something called Executive B. He takes a men's multivitamin, uh, grape seeds, selenium, garlic, maca. And for women, he suggests CoQ10 enzyme. He has all kinds of suggestions for supplements that increase fertility. You should be taking your supplements now, preparing your body for when you actually do try them. You're right. Okay, I'll start when I get home. Yeah, so um, for me, um, I feel a lot more healthier now since I've been a donor, since I've, I've done that, because I've, I've sort of like everything I eat is based on for the betterment and the health of these of these children. Um, but I also feel better myself as well, like more alive, energetic. I've got a progressive of um, 60 plus, um, which I find... What does that mean? Which I find um, motility. Progressive motility. Oh, motility. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Here's some info about progressive motility. It's not only important how many sperm are moving, but also how they move. Progressive motility refers to sperm that are swimming in a mostly straight line or in very large circles. Non-progressive motility refers to sperm that move but don't make forward progression or swim in very tight circles. Progressive motility is needed in order for the sperm to swim their way up the female reproductive tract. When it comes to sperm motility, for an ejaculate sample to be considered normal, at least 40% of the sperm should be modal, or moving. This can include non-progressive movement. At least 32% of the sperm should show progressive motility. And Adam's at 60, y'all! See, look, we got donors, and they share their, 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 um, they share their papers with me and stuff and ask for my feedback and stuff like that. And and how, how to get certain aspects up higher and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think your main key component is progressive motility from what I've seen and from all the um, cause people share with me their successes and stuff like that and what they're doing and, and their diet they're on and stuff like that. And I think it plays a big, I mean, you are what you eat. Um, it's like making a cake. If you've got the right ingredients, you're going to make a good cake. You know, I think it's very important to um, educate people like that to because ultimately, as I said, we want these kids to be healthy, you know, like we don't want them to have issues that I've talked about just previously. So, anyway. And that's when our Skype call cut out. But you know what? I had run out of time. I needed to go downstairs and hang out with my parents. Time is short, people. So, no, life is short. That's what they say. Anyway, and they were watching Nanette on Netflix, you guys. It's so good. Hannah Gadsby, Nanette. Go watch it. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, Adam. So our Skype call cut out. I called him back. Here's where we left off. So tell me again. How can people find you or or find your your what you do? Okay, so 
I run Sperm Donation Australia, which I've done for three or four years now. I've just started Sperm Donation USA. Um, also, if you want if you want me donating to Molly, remember you've got to pay ten dollars. Otherwise, if you, and if you don't want me to, um, you've got to vote no and pay five dollars. So there's no there's no sitting on here, listeners. Yeah, you know you got to vote. So, what is your willingness on a scale of one to ten? Oh, uh, well, you know, look. <laughs> Logistically, it's probably about a two and three at this stage because we're both bloody broke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, um, I say, I'd say a nine. All right, all right. (laughs) I mean, I'm compared to your other donors and a lot of your other donors that or prospects that you've been speaking to. They're not, they're not fully trained into doing this, you know. So their mind's more like, how am I going to feel? Um, what am I going to feel like once the baby's born? I know that feeling. So um, I'm not going to face any mental demons um, based on this outcome if I if I did come to America or if you, if you did come to Australia. So for me, it, um, I wouldn't mind a comedian baby. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been really, really interesting and I love the way, I love your perspective and I love what you're doing and... Um, and it really seems like it's coming out of the kindness of your heart. You know, this American venture is sort of just starting out now. Um, but I, you know, I, I want to, I want to improve the quality for 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 the American citizens. Because I mean, what is there, four hundred million of you guys? I don't know. And too many. We've only got twenty five million here, and I'm in the most isolated city in the world, Perth. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really experience. Um, like high density and stuff like that where I'm from. So, you know, but there's a big world out there and I want to experience it all. So ideally I'd like to come over and move to America and get involved. You know, like, yeah, I've been speaking to people that were donor conceived um, from the 1980s, 1990s, back when it was anonymous and they didn't keep records of who the donor was. Uh And a lot of the clinics back then told their parents to lie to them and uh-huh. say, you know, that the, the dad's the biological father. So they've grown up their whole their whole life. And I've been on um, invited on a few journeys with some of these people who have found out they're donor conceived through, um, say, a 23 and me. Mm-hmm. And um, or they've been told like when they're 25, 30 years old. And it comes a big shock to their system. Yeah. And then their whole life is trying to track down who this biological father is. But when I've noticed the psychology of these children now um, in recent times, as, as we've learnt from our mistakes from the past, that the children that grow up knowing that they've been donor conceived or seen a photo of them, they actually grow up not really phased. You know, that's why I don't so totally agree with the way America does it um, in terms of the donor being um, forced or choosing to say anonymous. I think if you're getting paid for it um, to do that, that should be part of the deal. Like you need to accept that responsibility. Not all children will want to know the donor, but the ones that do, they should have at least that right to to know that just so they can walk away and feel at ease, you know, rather than having that, I wonder what he's like or I wonder what he looks like or I wonder what his personality is. We want to make awareness out there as well. So these are all little projects that I want to start doing down the future to um, build a database that shows people, you know, put points people on the right path because, you know, there's a lot of things that we, we don't understand 
And um, yeah, so basically for me, it's all about improving the world, educating the world and letting people know that there's other options out there than having to go to a clinic and, and pumping yourself full of hormones or drugs or using frozen sperm. Um, you know, if you're socially infertile, um, I think uh, this option is the option for you. Um, if you're medically infertile and you require that, then of course the clinic is the right option for you. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's, and it's never been about um, me creating children or as many children as I can. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, yeah, it's totally about them. So um, yeah, no. No, that's all good. Look, um, look, we'll, we'll end it here. It was lovely chatting to it you. It was so great um, meeting you. Thank you for, for doing this. And thank you for reaching nah, out to me in the first place. Didn't even, yeah, just jumped on it straight away, instinct, and I thought, wow, this is cool. I like what she's doing. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much yeah, for listening to all the episodes. That's so wonderful. Yeah, well, I'm going to, um, you know, let me know when it's shot and I'll share it with all my community. Yeah. I'll even put your um, pedestrian, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. link next. And I'll urge them. To, I'll urge them to vote as well. So um, <laughs> that sounds great. So make sure you air, make sure you um, air that part. So because we want to get more, want to get more people involved in following you on your journey. I think it'd be cool. Thank you. So, <laughs> all right. No worries. Goodbye. Thank you so I'll much. See you later. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. And that was Adam Hooper, you guys. So you know what to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and. Um, Join a conversation. Still curious. Still want to know what you're thinking. Well, it's Tuesday afternoon. It's time for me to go hang out with my mom and dad. Gosh, this music is making me sleepy. Do I have to take a nap? No, I'm going to go hang out with my mom and dad. Tomorrow I get to go visit my Nana. Thursday I fly home. I can't wait for you to join me next week. I have an idea what's going to happen, but I'm not going to tell you in case it falls through. So... I'm going to improvise a song that goes with this tune. (laughs) Find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Spermcast. Wow, it's haunting, isn't it? spermcast at gmail.com and call me at 323-741-1818 patreon.com forward slash spermcast and don't forget to share and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.